0: Hello and welcome to the Journey Further podcast, a show where we learn from the people and businesses on a mission to do things differently. Nathan here, your host, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Giles Reese jones Giles is the chief marketing officer at a very interesting company called What Three Words?, now what three words are trying to change the way we talk about location they've mapped the entire globe into three by three meter squares and given each square a unique combination of three words sounds kind of random a little bit confusing tricky to get your head around at first but their technology is being adopted by the likes of mercedes-benz and airbnb to solve tons of problems across all sorts of industries It was great to hear from Giles, some of the stories of how What3Words is being implemented and also understand how they're overcoming the challenges of marketing such a unique product. If you enjoy the show, please do leave a rating or a review in your podcast app. I would really appreciate that. Here goes. Giles, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast.
1: Thanks very much for having me.
0: We'll kick things off as we do with every discussion by asking you the question what's the wrong you want to write
1: the the wrong that we are trying to write is that the world is actually really badly addressed you have street names and house numbering and that's pretty good it covers certain parts of the world but actually even then it can be pretty poor so there's enormous amount of duplication Uh, enormous amount of kind of randomness um, and it's not particularly well structured. So uh, if I type in uh, Church Road into a a map, I'll get 14 different variations within a kind of 10 mile radius of where I'm sitting right now. Um, So that becomes quite problematic. I could end up at at the wrong one. Or I type in the the name of a building, the pin drops in the middle of the building and uh, actually not anywhere near the entrance. So I've I've got to spend a few minutes trying to find the right entrance to to that building. Now, as an individual, that's frustrating. Uh, If I am a delivery person and I'm doing that a couple of hundred times a day, that's actually quite an expensive mistake. Uh, If I'm a first responder, an emergency service, actually the implications can be far more serious. So street addressing covers certain parts of the parts of the world, but it's 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 not uh, perfect. And then, actually, most of the world doesn't have street addressing. So meeting people in the middle of Hyde Park, rural parts of the UK, um, uh, or or actually vast swathes of, of of most of the rest of the world don't have street addressing. So. Um, what people use in those circumstances is kind of landmark-based descriptions. So it's, it's the the house with the red door, uh, just past where the old mango tree used to be, and they will say that to people and they will write it on letters and packages, um, which is fine and it, and it's okay if you know the if you know the area, but it's not scalable and and not built for the, the kind of way we live we live today. Um, the The other option is latitude, longitude, GPS coordinates. They are. Um, Universal, they cover the world, they cover the sea, the land mass, um, uh, and they're very accurate. The challenge with GPS coordinates and latitude-longitude is that they're incredibly difficult to use as a, as a human. Um, so if, if I tell you we're going to meet at 37 degrees, 0.71 south, and it just becomes very, very complex and the opportunity to make an error is very, very high. So I write it down quickly. I hand it to you and you read a one instead of a seven. And all of a sudden you end up, you know, an hour north of Rome instead of an hour south of Rome. But because you're going to Rome, you don't actually see that there's been a problem. So um, GPS coordinates are, are, are great, uh, but not really fit for purpose and not really fit for. Um, uh, uh, they're not very user friendly. So to write that wrong, what we have done is come up with user-friendly GPS. Um, we take GPS coordinates and we convert them to words. So the way that the system works is that we have, we've cut the world up into 57 trillion three meter by three meter squares. And we have given every single one of those squares a unique three word identifier. So apple, table, spoon. Is three words that describe a three meter square somewhere on the planet. Um, words are much easier to remember; they're much less uh, prone to uh, uh, to error, uh, and they're very very easy to communicate. And so that is the that is the kind of crux of the system: user friendly GPS. That's incredibly easy uh, way to to communicate location.
0: I I had a. An experience on holiday in, in August I was in Greece where I was wishing that they had the use of what three words I was in like a, a sort of very minor car accident um, and we had to ring the Greek police to try and tell them what, what, what was happening try and get them to yeah. come uh, and they asked me the question where are you and I was like well I'm on a road near this town that I can't really pronounce and to give them credit, they, they found us fairly quickly. But it was in that moment where I was just like, what three words is, is the perfect type of solution in that scenario?
1: And that's, uh, yeah, that's really interesting. Like a perfect use case. And what, what we're seeing is actually we're, we're being a use, used a lot for that, for that sort of stuff. The, so if I um, talk about the way that the kind of system is manifest, what we, what we have is we've, we've, we've divided the world up and, and we've created a, an app. Uh, and a website. And, and they're both free for anybody to use. Anybody can download them. They can uh, zoom into the map. They can pick pick a particular square. They can see the three-word address and then they can send it to someone or they can read it to someone or text it or whatever, whatever they want. So we've got these free apps and, and systems. Um, the way that we make our money is by licensing our code to businesses. Um, so... We have an API that people can, um, uh, can sign up for. It's kind of broadly based on, on volumes. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, if you're a delivery company and we can save you a lot of money by being very specific about the entrance of the you know, delivery spot, um, uh, then we, we can save you a lot of money. So we are being used by companies like Hermes or AO.com, they deliver in the fridges. Uh, it's actually quite important that they're exactly the right point where they deliver your fridge because they don't want to be carrying it around the corner. Um, so those, those kind of companies are using us. Um, uh, but we give our code away free to um, emergency services, NGOs, and charities. What we're trying to do is be, you know, we're, we're trying to do good and do business at the same time. Um, we don't think they're kind of mutually exclusive. So there are now... Um, uh, over 100 emergency services in the UK, so that's Coast Guard, Air Ambulance, Police, Fire, um, uh, who will accept a what 3 words address if you get into uh, problems. So we are seeing it being used on a daily basis. Uh, one of the first questions you get asked as you experience with, with the Greek police is, kind of, where, where are you? Where's the emergency? Where is help needed? If you're at home, you're fine. Uh, but actually, most of the accidents happen out and about Um, and so now you can literally say the 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 what three words address of, of where the issue is and they will be able to respond what they do is they can type it into their system they can radio an officer on the ground they can say it super easy to understand super easy to remember they can pop it into their navigation system and they can get to exactly where where they need to be so we've we've seen extensive use in the in the uk and it is it's saving lives which is humbling um but we've had rescues in australia and canada uh in america in germany so we're starting to see the spread of this uh of of this system uh globally off the back of a kind of emergency service um uh, challenge
0: yeah it's really interesting and and my kind of reflection on it is like you you've you've done this very grand thing and you've got this very grand vision of remapping the globe and as you say there is there's tremendous business to be gained from doing that but then there's also a, a sort of sense of sort of democratizing this new way of talking about addresses which is really sort of central to it too
1: there's a big yeah there's a big um kind of social responsibility for um uh, as kind of part of this um, part of this project and um you know we actually spent quite a lot of time educating all the emergency services about the system and their dispatch teams and produce materials and did webinars so they could understand the system. So it, um, uh, so we knew it was gonna work. So we have invested kind of time and effort from a, from a company perspective to, to, to make that work. There were kind of obvious um, kind of brand benefits for, for, for doing that, but that's not the reason. The reason is because it's the kind of right thing to do. Um, but yes, we're a, uh, we, we are a, a commercial, uh, business and and the intention is um, that that we can do both well.
0: Hey there, Nathan. Here, just a brief interruption to invite you to join a very special community that we run here at Journey Further. It's called the Journey Further Book Club, and it's a learning community designed for time pressured marketers. We read the best business books and share bite-sized insight from each chapter so you can learn and get ahead even if you don't have time to do all of that reading. We host exclusive events with the authors too and connect you with other interesting people in the community. It's completely free to join. Just click the link in the show notes or head straight to journeyfurther.com to sign up. See you there. Back to the show. I guess from a, from a more business point of view then, with something like whenever I speak to people about it or explain what it is, pe- people's first sort of reaction is like, what? And then it's kind of like, oh, right. Yeah, that is kind of interesting. And I guess what's the kind of way in for you when you're trying to sort of pitch this <laughs> uh, solution to a business?
1: Um, yeah, super interesting. And uh, what we actually did pretty early on is define our audience. Um we spent some time talking to the kind of logistics people and uh, uh, GIS people, geographic um, uh, folk in, in businesses. And because they're very well trained in GPS coordinates and latitude, longitude, they didn't see that there was actually, there was actually a problem. And so it was quite hard to, um, to, to, to reach them. And then we changed our mindset. And we said, actually, the people that like this um, have got a particular way of thinking, and we call them ambitious innovators. And it's very obvious when you're talking to an ambitious innovator because they go, Ah, oh, I can do this and this. And you know, I, I always meet my friends for a run on a Sunday, and we always I dropped my kid off at football in the morning, um, you know, when he's playing an away game and I can never work out the pitch. So I need to walk around like everybody's got a, um, a, an experience. But you find that when you talk to ambitious innovators, they spark off and they go, I, I can see all these different uses for us. And so we worked really hard to identify them. Um, and I mean, we the sort of media that they read Um uh, and the kind of award shows that they pay attention to. So, I mean, we worked quite hard. We, we were lucky enough to win uh, the, the Grand Prix at Cannes for innovation. Um, and the sort of people that look at that are, you know, all the, the CEOs and the, and, and the CMOs in big business who think slightly differently, and they are very open to disruptive and very, very different ideas. Um, we spoke at TED, uh, uh, for example. And so we, we had a lot of strategies around getting to the right uh the the right mindset and we were, we're very um uh, selective and if we were talking to the wrong person we just we wouldn't you know we are a, a relatively small startup so we, we don't have time to spend uh kind of uh, uh, banging our head against the the wrong wall that's interesting
0: so it's not necessarily the most technologically minded people who 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 are of most value to you
1: yeah i think that and it, and it varies from business to business i mean it's everything from uh you know a, a marketing person it might well be an engineer it might well be the ceo um you know once you find your hero your ambitious innovator in the in the mix then um then, then it's obvious mm.
0: that's really interesting in terms of that process in terms of defining the audience i guess What's your reflection so far on the sort of biggest challenge which you've had to overcome in terms of spreading the message about about what three words?
1: Um, there's a few. I think I think that the the, the perception that the world is well addressed uh, is is a big one. Um, you know, you, you think that kind of dropping a pin is is good, and I can uh, if I'm going to meet you somewhere, I can drop a pin, and I can send it to you. But then you realise that actually it's it's only fit for a particular purpose, and if I'm on WhatsApp and you're on. Uh, I message it becomes difficult to, to kind of do that and I can never say it or I can never write it down. So there's this big perception that, you know, that street addresses are hierarchical, 23 is next to 24 is next to 25, but actually there's, there's no rhyme or reason behind the fact that high street leads onto Kenilworth Avenue. They just made them up. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's generally a perception that the world is well addressed when it isn't. Um, uh, one of the other challenges is, is behavior change. Uh, so encouraging people to use a system like this, um, uh, when they're incredibly used to either a pin drop or, or or using a street address, um, that that is a particular challenge. Um, but one of the other challenges is reach. Um, we're a small uh a small business, uh, with a certain amount of resources, but 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 nothing that is, uh, massive. So reaching people uh, has, has often been our biggest challenge because once you do talk to people about it, the overwhelming response is, huh, that's really interesting. Yes. I can see how this can apply here and here and here. So there's a certain amount of kind of tipping point that we need to get to, to, to kind of change, change perception. And we've built a strategy around that. I mean, broadly, we're, we're not a direct consumer business. We're a B2B business. And, um, said that we've been integrated into Hermes, we've also been integrated into Mercedes-Benz cars. So um, you can now get into a new Mercedes, you can say, hey Mercedes, navigate to a Toffee Branch Pyramid and it knows exactly where you want to go. So we remove all that ambiguity and all that issue. Now we work really closely with Mercedes and their agencies to tell their customers about it. So on all their business cards. They've got three word addresses. They've done print ads about what three words. They've done TV ads about uh, what three words. And we as a, uh, as a company help them do that uh, and work with our agencies and actually have created content for them to um, to do that. So over the past year, um, I, have a, I have an in-house team of about 30 people and we've made ads for Mercedes, Tata Motors, uh, Ford, we, had, we got shortlisted for, for d and for a project we did for Airbnb. So it's it's quite a, a strange kind of hybrid marketing function that we have at, at What3Words. A lot of it is about reaching businesses, but a, a huge amount of it is actually helping those businesses tell their customers about us, because that's where we get significant reach and significant scale, but most importantly, a reason to use What3Words.
0: No, that's really interesting. So I guess by taking that approach, you're getting the kind of reach which you could never afford to to pay for on your own yeah correct
1: so we you know we, we uh we did a, a few social posts for mercedes and gave them to them. they were like great that's really nice thanks very much they hit they hit publish and 10 million views later <laughs> like this is this this is great and obviously it's good for mercedes because they're using it as a product differentiator and a reason to buy one of their cars or a key reason um uh and and we're getting great exposure and and, and kind of great usage so it seems to work I think what we've what we've also started to do is um, is starting to stimulate consumer demand. Um, a lot of the conversations you have with businesses are around the kind of number of people that are using what three words, um, and what we found is by increasing the number of people who have our app and who are using our app, that helps us with the business conversations uh, because we can tell them the numbers, but actually. A lot of those people go, Why can't I use what three words in uh, you know, why 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 won't this delivery company allow me to put a what three words address in? And so they actually lobby on our behalf saying, This is really, really simple. I live at a in a new build. And actually my, my new build address isn't on the address database yet, which means I can't get pizza, I can't get uh, <laughs> I can't get a credit card, I can't get Wi-Fi. So all of those, all of those things. So um stimulating consumer demand uh ha, has been great to stimulate uh, uh kind of business uh, business partners
0: i see just because i think uh i think it was like early on during lockdown it was when it was definitely sunny than it is than it is now and uh i think you guys did a did a tie up with beaver town brewery <laughs> yeah. and were like yeah i think you were delivering beer to my local park to park. Oh right. park uh, which i thought was really clever yeah just as you say a, a, a way of getting people to acknowledge that there's a there's a there's a problem they haven't really considered yet, and there's a very smart solution
1: to it. Yeah, so a lot of the stuff we do are the kind of the big infrastructure deals, the the Hermes, the Mercedes, that sort of stuff. And a lot of the stuff we do is, um, is trying to create a little bit of fame, um, and also a bit of serendipity. Um, we find that a lot of these projects are what catches people's imagination. So the um, uh, the the Beaver Town. Uh, project that that we did was very very small in Clissold Park, but all of a sudden you post that on social, and even though the actual uh, event reached a few hundred people, the effect of posting on social media and going, people are like, oh yeah, actually it's quite difficult to find my friends in the, in the park, and what wouldn't it be great if I could get deliveries anywhere I anywhere I wanted, and so it, it served a number of purposes, but we we do entertain. We have this model, uh, it's a kind of eighty twenty model, which is. I'm sure many people have a similar sort of thing, which is we spend 80% of our time uh, and budget doing things that work and work well. Um, You know, we do very well with paid media on LinkedIn and and Facebook download ads and PR. But then we spend 20% of our time on kind of measurable innovation, just slightly different things that might or might not work. Um, And that's led to some really interesting collaborations. Uh, Beaver Town is one. Honest Burgers did a did a similar thing, but we've also we have a beer named after us uh, in the U.S. It's called Fear Movie Lions. And it's uh, uh, the, the three word address of the brewery. Um, uh, Stone Brewing is actually quite a big uh, brewer. And last year, that was our most searched three word address because people were getting their beer and they were like, huh, Fear Movie Lions turn the beer around on the back it was the story of what three words and why they had why had they called this beer that and people would go into their website and, and type it in but we've been in you know hollywood movies we've been in ncis los angeles as part of the kind of script uh, uh, like a plot twist and so we do entertain all of these things not a huge amount of our time and effort but these they they do tend to spark imagination and 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 get people thinking differently and also reach 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 many people
0: are there any examples which jump out from the from the twenty percent
1: which just didn't work at all? <laughs> so many, so many. Uh, but I, I tend to have kind of blanked and 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 blocked and <laughs> blocked those out. Um, I'll I'll have a bit of a think as we uh, as we talk. But yes, we tried we tried lots and lots of things that just have not worked particularly well for one reason or another. It might not have been the right time. Um, we have we have got a. A, a bottom drawer of creative ideas of all the things that we would love to do uh with with, with what three words we just haven't had an opportunity or a partner or a client to um to, to kind of give it give it a go yet but um they're all still there
0: i wanted to ask you about uh, sort of one of the most impressive case studies that i came across about mongolia can you can you talk a little bit about the the work you've done with uh with that country sure
1: so um we um, we we were at the World Economic Forum, and uh, we were meeting a few ministers from a, a number of different countries. And uh, uh, Chris, the CEO, met um, one of the ministers from Mongolia, um, who is in charge of uh, the postal service there. And Chris explained the system, and and this this guy uh, got it before we kind of finished the the first sentence and went, okay, one of the biggest kind of land masses, like um most sparsely populated nomadic no <laughs> nomadic place, this would be this would be a, a perfect system for um for us. Uh, can you do it in Mongolian, please? <laughs> so uh we, we went away, we recruited uh lots and lots of Mongolian speakers uh from the from the university there and what you have to do with our system is, is get a word list um, and you have to spend quite a lot of time getting the right words. So, um, for example, in, in English, because we cover the world, it's a, a word list of 40,000 words and we've removed homophones. So um, shop sale and boat sale spelt differently sound the same. You have to remove the, remove those. You have to re- remove swear words. You have to remove hyphenated words, all that sort of complexity, words that might cause offence. In Arabic, we've worked hard to remove alcohol-related words, for example. So there was a huge amount of, of work in, in coming up with the, the word list for Mongolian. And then you put that into the algorithm. The algorithm distributes the words broadly randomly, but it puts shorter, more memorable words in places that speak that language. And then importantly, what it does is it puts uh, similar sounding word combinations very far apart. So table chair lamp is in Australia, table chair damp is in New York. So if you make a slight error, the system goes, I think you meant table chair lamp because you're five miles away rather than table chair which is 15,000 so it's got an error detection system built in so we did the Mongolian word list um, uh, we put it into the algorithm we built a specific Mongolian app and uh, uh, and they will now recognize that Mongolian postal Service will now recognize uh, a kind of what three words address and, that, and in fact deliver to it now, that was tested uh, because we were on uh, an edition of QI, the TV show, and they heard about this. And what they did is they sent a letter to Mongolia just with a three-word address on, and Mongolia. And they kind of filmed it, and it made it to the Gur in the, in, the, in, the uh, in the middle of Mongolia, uh, which, which was epic. So the system, the system works. And what we saw in, in Mongolia is that kind of more and more businesses were starting to adopt it. So... Um, uh, many parts of of uh Ulaanbaatar have got three word address signs on their on their doors on their contact pages. All the big e-commerce players will accept a three word address in the checkout field. You can get a taxi. You can get a, a, a Pizza Hut delivered to a, a a what three words address. If you're getting a credit card, the major banks will accept a three word address of uh as a kind of proof of residence. Um, so you've got this this entire kind of ecosystem building up around. Uh, three word addresses that are, that are used in kind of multiple places. So um, that was that was super exciting. And so we actually have a, a team in Mongolia, um, and they do a number of things. One is they kind of look after the Mongolian market and then kind of increase that. Uh, but also what they do is that we do, they do a lot of um, service work for the rest of the business. And so um, kind of customer service, uh, intercom, FAQs, and and some of our design work we we hub out of Mongolia. Uh, Brilliant English, uh, you know, very well motivated, highly educated. Um, uh, it's like, an I guess, kind of offshoring it um, to, to Mongolia. So I've managed to, I'm lucky enough to, to visit Mongolia a, a couple of times, which was uh, which was great. Uh, I went in February and it was minus 30 degrees, which was a bit of a, a shock for, a, for an Englishman. I thought I knew what cold was. Um, but the, the other thing is that that has actually led to some other partnerships. So um, Lonely Planet, had a they were redoing their, their guide to Mongolia and they, they saw What Three Words addresses everywhere on all the buildings. And so the latest Lonely Planet guide to Mongolia has listed three word addresses next to all of their you know, bars, restaurants, hotels, tourist attractions, because otherwise they don't really have a, a robust um, street addressing system. So Mongolia was, has a special place in our heart because it was the, the kind of first postal service to, uh, to adopt What Three Words
0: it's interesting because it it seems like the perfect example of uh that person at the at the forum being an ambitious innovator as you described it's like they were the they were the the trigger point and then it i'm right in saying it it seems like a kind of classic kind of adoption curve from then on it's like you get more and more innovators and then you suddenly you've got bigger businesses who traditionally take a while longer to innovate and even they're starting to now they're starting
1: to come so yes we, we we do spend a lot of time looking at the at that curve and the uh you know the early adopter versus the kind of the fast followers and and crossing the chasm from uh from the early adopters to the mainstream and, and how do you and how do you do that uh, it's interesting to see that um actually for us uh Automotive is a really, really interesting category. They have a real problem, which is address input. Uh, if you've ever tried to put in a postcode, a street address, or a, uh, or even GPS coordinates, it's it's incredibly difficult and a real pain. And so, uh, we've been built into Mercedes, uh, Tata. You can use us in Ford. Uh, Triumph motorcycles have built us in. Um, so we're starting to see a, a kind of ecosystem around uh, automotive. Um, uh, uh, and that's a potential way across the chasm is to is to pick an industry and hit it hard.
0: It's interesting. And I guess that's where voice comes into it so much. Like, I guess there's been in the last five years or so, like voice search has been such a buzzword in the particularly in the sort of search marketing industry. And it never feels like it's kind of progressing in at any kind of speed, which like the sort of futurist kind of predict it does. But
1: this year will be the year of mobile voice. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it's the, it's the standard mantra. Exactly. But voice is huge for us. Voice is huge for us. Um, you may or may not know that there are a number of other competitive systems out on the market. Um, many people have recognized that addressing is bad. Everybody has solved it in exactly the same way. What they have done is they've taken numbers and they've added the alphabet. And so what you can do is you can shrink 18 digits to maybe nine or ten alphanumeric characters, so that is ANZ four two one eight three Y four. Now, the challenge with that is incredibly difficult to say, very uh, highly prone to 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 error as well. So that kind of creeps in, and it's not built for voice, because I need to say eight or nine things, each of one, each each might well be kind of misheard. So. We, we are a, a perfect solution for voice input. And increasingly, voice is becoming the way that we uh, that, you know we communicate with with machines. So we've, we've worked quite hard. I've got a, an app on my watch, um, which will allow me to... I've got two. One, uh, one that will allow me to order an Uber to pick me up and drop me off at a, a precise address just with six words. I press the button. I say the three-word address of where I am and the three word address of where I want to go to. So that's literally six words and I've booked an Uber precisely. Trying to do that with a street address would be incredibly problematic. And actually I'd just pick up my phone and, and do that. And then you see advances in uh, kind of uh, Amazon uh, Alexa are pushing hard at this with glasses and, and earphones, which are just voice just voice activated. When you don't have a screen, correcting a poor address is really, really, really difficult you know if you I, I don't know i've got i happen to have like three telephone numbers all for my wife if i try and tell siri to phone my wife it says which one do you want <laughs> that <laughs> came, out, that came out wrong <laughs> uh, but the um but yes i have to say uh, mobile home it becomes it just becomes very very problematic so voice is a really really interesting play for us um and, and that's where we're seeing a, a load of adoption
0: uh, I guess that example of that different way of doing it as well maybe doesn't work in terms of different languages as well because you have you have a rough equivalent of words in all sorts of different languages but the alphabet is that's like yeah doesn't doesn't seem like that could translate as easily.
1: So the yeah the, I mean the way that the way that the system our system handles languages is that the every system is totally unique. So I don't translate English words into. French words and then into uh, Mongolian words it's a new system every time. Uh, Many reasons for that it kind of messes up with the distribution algorithm but also words can be translated into multiple things so livre in French means pound but it also means book so there's there's kind of complications there so it's a new system every time but you don't need to tell what three words which system you're using because they're all unique so you can just say whatever language that you're that you want to you want to communicate in and it will recognize it because that's it that's a unique uh, three-word address what we tend to find is people really just use one language the language that they're most comfortable they're most comfortable in
0: That's interesting is there is there anything on the horizon which you're sort of particularly excited about
1: there's a few I mean there's a few things we've 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 worked hard to kind of update our app and and keep our app as kind of usable as possible. So we've done a few things. One is we built in scanning. So it's basically like a location QR code, but it's just the three words. So if I uh, went to Wonderland last year, printed up massive maps with the entrances and the three word addresses of all the entrances to it, because it's in the middle of Hyde Park. You, don't, you have no idea where you're going. You've, you probably had a few mulled wines. So um, you, could, you open up the, um, the, the scan feature in our app points it at one of the, th- the three word addresses and it will recognize it and drop that onto a pin on on your map, which is which is super useful. Uh, We're finding that that's quite useful for logistics companies. They just scan it and go. Uh, so we've done that. We've also added a, a photo feature. Um, so you can open up a, a photo in our app and you can take a picture and it'll drop the three word address of where you took that photo. Now, we actually did that as a bit of a hack um, with, with the team and we created it as a separate app going, this will be fun. And what we saw is that people people were using it for either to kind of record the front door of their Airbnb or to record fly tipping or rubbish or like downed power lines. And we were like, oh, wow, this is, that's interesting. And so we, we, we took it into our main app. Um, we, have a, we have a kind of, a, another kind of mantra, which is um, ready, fire, aim. Uh, which is you know kind of get it get it pretty good and get it into market, uh, and then and then uh, uh, adopt from there. So so we, we launched this in a um, as a kind of standalone app, and then maybe last year we 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 reeled it in. Um, the other thing that we we're, we're starting to do is lists. So lots of people use us to uh, record places. So it's either. Run, favorite runs three word addresses of all their runs or uh mushroom pickers quite like us uh so they record like all the, the mushroom sites in the woods uh and we're allowing people now to make lists of those but also export and share those lists with other people so i've got if i've got a load of places that i want to visit then i can send that list to you and we can collaborate on building that list together so that's um that's coming out in the next few weeks um, so yeah we, we're constantly. Um, We're constantly innovating. We're constantly adding uh, more languages uh, to the system. And then the other key thing is we're trying to make our tech as accessible as possible. So um, we are adding uh, different plugins for um, e-commerce checkout pages, for example. So you can get a Shopify plugin. Um, and it just it's a really really easy way we want to remove as many barriers as possible part of that is about giving people the marketing materials to communicate it part of it is just making it as simple as possible to go yes I'd like that module thanks and, uh, and in so yeah lots of interesting developments
0: yeah and no, I guess that all those examples are kind of why I think it's so exciting because it's there's obviously lo- loads of amazing use cases already out there but there's even more which haven't even been stumbled across yet
1: Yes, yeah, lots of lots of weird and wonderful ways that that people are using us. I think the beer was the beer was epic, but what we're also seeing is, uh, we're seeing tattoos appear, uh, uh, around the world. People are are tattooing the the three word address of you know just as they would at I guess a latitude longitude at uh, the three word address of of memorable places, um, which is which is slightly crazy. I think that's kind of next brand level unlocked, uh, which is which is pretty mad. <laughs>
0: That certainly is. Charles, I've just got three final questions for you. Firstly, what did you used to believe that you no longer believe in?
1: I used to be a bit of a perfectionist uh, and I, I, I and I would kind of constantly tweak until i I could not tweak anymore and and it had to had to get out and I would, uh, and spend a lot of time polishing stuff. and I think that uh, now is you know good now is better than perfect tomorrow. I think is 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 something that we should kind of generally adopt more, um, and and just push stuff out into the market and and let the market decide. Um, we recently did a a, a TV ad, and um, we got it to a pretty decent state. And then what we actually did is we 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 pushed it in, or pushed it out online, and we tracked how people responded to it in real time, and went through seven different iterations of how we started and, and finished it, the, the ad and saw a considerable increase uh, in kind of conversion rates and, and engagement rates on, on that ad. So that became our TV ad. Um, so we, uh, we, we, we kind of got stuff out, got into the market, tested it super quickly and then, uh, and then, and then kind of shipped it. So yeah, I guess that that's, that's, that's one of the things that uh, I'm a lot more relaxed about now.
0: That's interesting because like, I know you've got a, uh you had a long career before what three words working sort of agency side is now being client side, an opportunity for you to be a bit more, a bit more like that. You speak a bit less of a perfectionist and a bit more, uh,
1: a, a bit more of a risk taker, a bit, a bit looser. Um, it is, it's about considered risk. I mean, the, the, the change of the change of pace from, um, from agency to, to, to client and particularly startup was, was significant. And, um, i think in the the first couple of months i put out more than i'd put out you know in 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 a year or so at, at, um, at ogilvy on a, on a particular project just incredibly incredibly fast um, and yes it gives you it gives you an opportunity to, to experiment and, and, and play and test because you're because you're just that much closer to um uh, to the results and and seeing what can happen we 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 do work with with agencies on, on select projects, uh, we have worked with Ogilvy, we work with Edelman, we work with a, a number. Um, but, but we do feel that having, uh, having a, a good amount of skill in-house and control in-house is, is super useful too.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, secondly, Giles, if this wasn't your mission, what would be, what, 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 if you weren't trying to solve this problem, what problem do you think you would be trying to
1: solve? Um, so I'm very passionate about fitness um, and the impact that fitness can make on uh, both individuals and, uh, and the community uh, at large. So I think that if, if this wasn't my, my full-time job, then I would be, I would be working in the, in the fitness industry.
0: Nice. And finally, if you could recommend one book for members of the Journey Further book club to read, what would it be?
1: Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty rubbish at, at reading. Uh, books but one one book that really stuck with me is called the the messy middle and there's there's a lot written about the kind of start of startup journeys and then the you know the 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 epic finish uh, of 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 a startup journey Um, this book really captured the messy middle bit which which on a daily basis you're like this is epic uh, to oh my god it's never going to work and uh, it, it was it gave it gave me and actually a lot of the, the, the people at through words just a just a way to comprehend some of, the, some of the conflicts and challenges that we that that you face on a on, on a daily basis in the in the hard times. A lot of a lot of success is just about perseverance and and uh, in particular maximizing the upsides when it's going well and just minimizing and getting through it when it's not. And I think that was that was you know in the tough times you're like just hold on, hold on, hold on, and then you get an up and you get a great integration or a great piece of press, and then you, uh, and then you then you really really work it hard. Um, so whereas I I said that I I only managed half of the book.
0: <laughs> no, I I think it's a fantastic recommendation. I've got a copy of it down there, and uh, our CEO shared it with about eight or nine of us in the agency like a sort of sort of a year 18 months after we founded like that that initial uh shine of like brand newness had had, had kind of faded and it's like suddenly things are now you're in now you're in it for the long run now yeah. you're in and yeah i think it's a it's it's a fascinating again i haven't read the whole thing like you but uh it's a it's a very useful way to frame growth and and a, and a trajectory um Charles, it's it's been fascinating speaking with you and and learning a lot more about about what three words. Um, yeah, I'll I'll keep spreading the word myself, and uh, and I hope it goes really well for you guys in the future.
1: Thanks very much. It's it's always interesting to reflect on on what we've done and, and how we do stuff, and often we don't take the time because we're 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 on to the next thing. But um, yeah, appreciate the support and uh, for being an ambitious innovator.
0: Thank you for listening to the very end. I hope that's got you thinking a really interesting company there with a fascinating mission. If you were to leave a rating or a review in your podcast app, that would be amazing. It does a lot to really help spread these interesting stories to more people. Another little reminder to join the Journey Further book club. If that sounds like it could be up your street, just hit the link in the show notes or head straight to journeyfurther.com. Next week, we have one of our biggest guests to date on the podcast, Seth Godin, talking about his new book, The Practice. So please do hit subscribe and you'll be the first to receive that episode. And why not share the link around in your Slack or send it to a friend, spread the word about the podcast. I'll see you next week.